Hey everybody, this is Danny Saint. You're listening to the From Corner to Corner podcast, one of the best podcasts out there. And if you're not listening, you're missing out. That wasn't a very good one. No? No. I bet most of the people don't even get that reference. I'm sure you're probably right. Because we only have nine listeners. Well, you're right. <laughs> and and we just lost three of those because they're like, I don't even know what this guy's talking about. <laughs> so to the six of you that are following along, thank you. Well, I just thought we'd try something different. We could. It was different. Seems to be the theme, right? Different. Always different. Trying something different. Different. We would like to get to 10 followers instead of nine. Different. So. Maybe the whole show, anything you say, I'll just rebuttal with different. I mean, I guess you could do that. Different. (laughs) That's going to get really annoying real fast. Different. (laughs) Okay, let's not do that no more. Okay, I'm done. I was going to say it, but I decided not to. Oh, my gosh. We've been talking a lot about the show lately. We've been talking a lot about the show lately. And by lately, we mean the last six hours. <laughs> I mean, it's as recent as 15 minutes ago. <laughs> I mean, like almost right up to airtime, we've been talking about the show and the format and the future. Yeah. One of the reasons we're talking about that is I've had some some job change and it's going to demand more of me from my job. So without further... <laughs> Which allows me less time to do this. So without further ado, this is Sean Neal signing off. (laughs) Peace out. (laughs) Catch you next year. (laughs) We're kidding. It's kidding. Hey, turn us back on. All right. right. Why are you all so serious? Jeez. Why so serious? You want to know how I got these scars? No? Okay. All right. (laughs) I mean, I asked a question and you didn't respond. That's fine. I wasn't expecting you to go with that. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay, so. You want to see a magic trick? All right. So we're thinking about changing the format up a little bit. We are. And I think what we're going to do is maybe rebrand it a little bit. I don't know that wrestling's run its course, but I don't know that wrestling is the reason that people are listening. I think it's the reason some people listen, but I don't think it's the reason everybody listens. I think it's because of my dashing good looks. It, it it could be, other than the fact that unless they're looking at you on social media, they have no idea what you look like. But I sound hot. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So, I think the one funny thing, the one question I asked you today was. Is it a funny thing or is it a question? No, it's a question. Okay. There's really nothing out there on the from corner to corner part of it that indicates that it's about wrestling. Right, and we've kind of pigeonholed ourselves with a wrestling podcast. We love wrestling, and we're very much passionate about wrestling. But when we were talking about reasons we we couldn't jump that number and why we couldn't increase followers and and likes and, and, and all the things, we have decided that even on our friends list, we have kind of alienated 
a good portion of them because not everybody's a wrestling fan. Right. So if you're not a wrestling fan, you're not exactly going to get it. Right. One of the the, the points that you made is is your mother does not like professional wrestling. She does not. So there's no way she's listening to the podcast, even though you're on it. And I'm her favorite son. Right. And your dad is a wrestling fan. Yes, he is. And doesn't listen to the podcast. He listened to the first one. I don't even know if he listened to it, listened to it entirely. Yeah. And I asked him what he thought, and he goes, well, it's different. Different? <laughs> different. I was like, what does that mean? Right. And my dad's a man of few words. Right. So I got nothing other than it's different. But I take that to mean that he hasn't listened to another one. That different means that he didn't like it. Right. And that's okay. We've said all along that we're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Right. I think what we have done in terms of wrestling podcasts is different than what is out there a lot. But we have, as I said, backed ourselves into a corner. There's only so many topics we can talk about before it kind of becomes, well, now we're talking about, well, what if Bret Hart had done a hip toss instead of an arm bar? (laughs) You know, I don't want to get to that point where the topics that we get to just feel so forced that this doesn't come natural. One of the things that we oftentimes get uh, in terms of feedback from our audience is that they like how natural this is our back and forth, and I think when we try to force that too much with these made-up, reach-stretched topics, that it will kind of seem forced, and I'm not sure we can get the quality out of it. So with that being said, we're not going away from pro wrestling. Pro wrestling will always be here. It'll probably always be a part of the show. All we're saying is, I think we're going to start expanding our horizons. Right. I think we should, and I think that's a good, a good way to put it, right? We're involved. We're we're both huge sports fans, right? We both love movies. Uh-huh. We both love music. I mean, there's a lot of things that we enjoy, right? So why can't we talk about a lot of different things, right? right? Now, one of the biggest changes that's going to come is we're going to combine the two shows. We are. You're still going to get your regular show. Yeah. You're still going to get Rushmore, but Rushmore now is going to be added in on our Saturday shows. Right. Just just for time constraints on on my behalf. Right. And and cut down on the time editing and the time recording and stuff like that. Right. We're going to we're going to open every show with a little section like we always do. We're going to do a, a main topic, and then we're going to we're going to wrap it up with a Rushmore. Every and our Rushmore, and we're will, still going to try to keep to that one hour, one hour and fifteen minute. Right. Rush. We're I mean we're definitely going to try to keep it under ninety minutes. Uh, but I believe our Rushmore, as long as you're on the same wave, wavelength that I am, our Rushmore is going to be related to our topic. Now that may not always be the case. Right. We may talk about fantasy baseball, and then our Rushmore decide to be. Favorite ballpark foods. Right. They're kind of related. But then our topic might be the newest episode of CSI. And, I mean, we obviously don't want to. You're Mount Rushmore serial killers. Who's up there? Like, we don't want to do that. Right. So our Mount Rushmore might be favorite shoe brands. I don't know. Right. That's not even on the topic, Will. But 
We're going to try to correlate our Rushmore with our main show topic, but that won't always be the case. Right. But we have a lot of fun with the Rushmores. I think our audience likes listening to the Rushmores. So we didn't want to take them away completely. Right. But to get back to the part of the reason that the uh, shows are being changed up a little bit is you talk about your work. Uh, I also work full time. Uh, I'm a part of multiple councils and um, we have multiple meetings a month that are different times. And there were nights that we were recording two and three nights a week. Right. Uh, both of us are, are big family guys. Right. So that's time that we were taking away from our families. And, and we could feel that impact, right? I know I could feel it from my family. Right. When I was two, three, and there were some weeks that we recorded four nights. Right. And that's a lot. That's, that is a lot. And, and and with that being said, I think we are going to continue to potentially come back every so often and do the interviews. I think they didn't take off like we thought they would. Right. But we enjoyed doing them. Right. Um, I actually have laid the challenge out there for the Lineage and the Dawsons. I saw that. Who, if they, uh, have a, they're having a match Sunday, a Texas death match for the AML Tag Team titles, and I... The, the lineage basically accepted, but the Dawsons haven't. The Dawsons haven't. But, but they're, they're heel tag I was going to say, they're heels, so I wouldn't expect them to accept. Right. But Preston Quinn said, I'm marking it down on my calendar because we're going to win. Right. So I've told you early on that they're two of the people that I want to interview. Yeah. So if we, I would love to be able to interview them as a tag team. I would too, and then I would like to be able to interview C.W. Anderson by himself because he's an ECW original. So we're still going to bring you those things. Uh, We're still looking at ways to maybe just incorporate the audio part of that. Right. We're uh, we've really yet to figure that out, but it's it's things that we're continuing to work on. So we're still going to bring you a lot of the same material. We're just changing the topics up a little bit. Like I said, we're expanding our horizons. Right. Corner to corner is growing. Yep. Yep, for sure. So tonight we're still going to talk about Taker. And Where are we taking her? (laughs) The Undertaker. And we are going to record a separate uh, Rushmore. So that will be our last individual one, which will air next week prior to... Uh, WrestleMania. But starting with our WrestleMania show that will drop next Saturday. Right. Because it's our super show, and you all know how we've done our super shows, is that we talk about, uh, we'll talk about the WrestleMania. We'll talk about some of our favorite performers, favorite matches. We will predict the card, and then we'll do our WrestleMania uh, Rushmore. I don't know that we've decided on the topic exactly. I would guess it would probably be favorite WrestleMania matches, but I could also see entrances. Uh, I could see celebrity guests. The options are really limitless. Well, hey, we're going to have a couple of guests on the show next week, so maybe we'll let them pick the WrestleMania. I mean, I think if we're not careful, we're going to have to set them on separate sides of the table, or we may have a bread throwdown. (laughs) <laughs> because we do have Heiner's, we do have Butternut, Bread Claws is going to be in the building, Muncie's coming back, it might get dicey in here. It might, it might. It, it, you know, 
And if if we have to put the butter knife in between them, you know. Right. I'll bring out the toaster and we'll have we'll have toast. I ain't afraid. <laughs> a Texas toaster match. <laughs> we'll have a Texas toaster match. <laughs> so that's it. Grant Claus, Muncie, you ready? We'll put them on our Wrestle Madness card. <laughs> Muncie versus Crouch in a Texas toaster match. Texas toaster match. Oh my First gosh. one to jam their opponents. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's fantastic. Well, we hope that you stick with us. We we, we hope that you like the positive changes. And uh, we we just want to be able to see this grow a little bit. We do. And, and one of the things, I'll just touch on this briefly. We ta- We went through that whole episode. Talking about, we worked through down to the Sweet 16, and we was going to let the fans vote. Uh-huh. We got six votes nice. in two days. Yep. And it was me, Muncie, and Wes were the three people that voted both days. Yep. Not a single, I mean, we got 340 followers on Twitter. Yep. So, and the three people that voted were the three people that are involved in this. So, I don't want to do something that feels like we're wasting our time. And at times doing this, it feels like we're just running in circles. We we agreed earlier that we enjoy doing this. So is this isn't us stopping. Right. It's just us kind of rebranding, changing directions, expanding. Um, so we can bring different material that's not always wrestling. And we can hopefully hook some new fans and be more friendly and be able to I guess what I'm trying to say is you use my mom and dad as a reference my dad is a wrestling fan my mom's not my mom is not listening to the show as you said even though her favorite son is co-host but my mom might listen to it if we were talking about other things I love the fact you keep throwing out the favorite son like she's listening for you to say that well, I also say favorite son, like there's multiple. There's not. I'm the right. only one. <laughs> right. I know. So, so, so I have to be. That's so funny. So, um, but if we, you know, but as we talked about last, there was a time when we did the AB, uh, you know, the alphabet soup. We talked about CSI. If we did an episode where we talked about a show like CSI or a movie that came out or vacate, whatever the case may be, she might listen to that. Right. Because that would be more up her alley. Yeah. So. I'm excited about the new changes. Yeah. I hope you're excited about the new changes. And our little opening bit, we've gone about 15 minutes now. Our little opening bit, usually we recap wrestling. I would still like to most of the time recap wrestling, the things that happen. But I think we're going to sprinkle in a little bit of the other stuff. Just, And it might just be, hey, how was your week? Let's do some back and forth about that. Well, speaking of how was your week, you had an exciting week last week. I did. You went to Washington, D.C. with the school. I did go to Washington, D.C. So I we got a few more minutes. How, how was your week? Man. How was the trip? I know you're a huge George Washington fan. Listen, I love George Washington. All right. Uh, I was not quite as big a George Washington fan until I started teaching U.S. history this year. And just learning about how the country came to be and the founding fathers and the people that played key roles in that. And you have these kids, because that's all they were, because they didn't know anything about anything, that decided they didn't like the way they were being treated, so they were going to do something about it, and they stood up against the most powerful 
government, military, known to man at that time almost, and punched the school bully in the mouth and ended up winning in a in a in a playground fight and they formed this country. They had no idea what they were doing. It's a fascinating story. So we got to go to Washington, D.C., and I got to see, I mean, like, you you read about all these things, and you see all these things, and you hear about, you watch them, and like, but I got to stand right in front of the desk that Thomas Jefferson used to write the Declaration of Independence. Wow. Yeah. I got to stand. That is in, some very good wood. Right. I got to stand in the exact spot on the Lincoln Memorial where Martin Luther King delivered his I Have a Dream speech. Wow. <laughs> like, and, and I stood back after that, and I watched, and it's just they have taken up the stone, replaced it with an engraved stone. There's nothing flashy there. If you don't know what you're looking for, you're not going to see it. But I sat back and I watched, and there was just people that walked over top of it. They didn't know. I mean, I'm like, you don't realize the magnitude, the spot that you're walking over right now. Right. And I end up taking a picture, standing on the spot with my cell phone, out into, uh, you know, down the steps and out across, looking towards the uh, Washington Monument. And I just envisioned how many thousands of people were standing there as he was giving that speech. And it's a, I mean, it was a real surreal moment. Uh, and then, of course, I got to see the um, Iwo Jima um, memorial up close. I had only seen it in passing. Uh, we got to go into uh, Mount Vernon, which is George Washington's home place. Just, if you've never been to D.C., I would highly suggest that you take three or four or five days and go visit D.C. It is a fascinating place. You can't see everything in one trip. You will have to make multiple trips. This is my second time going to D.C. The first time I was a, uh, I was going into my senior year of high school, and I and I loved it. We stayed a week. I have told everybody since then it was my most favorite family vacation. But coming into this one, I was like, you know, did I really just like it because I was a kid and it was kind of cool, or did I like it because it is cool? And I like it because it's cool. I mean, when you look, get to look at, I got to be within feet of the bed that George Washington died in. Uh-huh. The father of our country, the bed that he died in. You know, whenever Ford's Theater, whenever you go inside Ford's Theater, you get to look at the balcony where Abraham Lincoln was shot. And you get to go across the street to the house that he was carried into and the bed that he was laid on where he died. His blood stain still on the pillowcase. That's insane, right? That, it is insane. that it's been, you know, preserved all this time. You know, I got to see the jacket that Andrew Jackson wore whenever he went down uh, the War of eighteen twelve and and won the Battle of New Orleans. He earned the nickname "Old Hickory." Uh, it 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 launched his presidency, like it made him a cult hero. I got to see the sword that General Cornwallis surrendered to George Washington whenever the United States beat Great Britain in the, um, in, the, in, in the Revolutionary War. There's twisted pieces of the Twin Towers from 9-11. There were cards from two or three of the hijackers that were in the thing. You know, you get 
of Dorothy's ruby slippers, Roberto Clemente's batting helmet, these things that are icons in American history, I got to lay eyes on. I got to see. You know, I got to see Hank Aaron's bat. I, just things that I think we, you know, of course, the George Washington and the Thomas Jefferson and Abraham Lincoln, that stuff's all super cool, and I geek out about it, right? But I think the things that, you know, how many times have you seen The Wizard of Oz? I can't count how many. And we take for granted how iconic those ruby slippers are. Right. There's people that travel from all over the globe to come see those. Right. So our history is fascinating. And then you think about the Natural the Natural History Museum. You can uh there's the Hope Diamonds there. You can see they got dinosaur fossils. I mean just all this crazy stuff. It's fantastic. I cannot stress enough. I could do a whole show where we just talk about Washington DC. But me talking doesn't do it justice. Right. I urge everybody. It's one thing you should do at least once in your life. Go visit Washington, D.C. I went when I was a junior in high school. It was a school trip. And I I, I still remember a lot of that stuff. And, like, being 17 years old, you do not appreciate what you're seeing right. at that time. Right. And I have tried multiple times to talk to my family. That that's a that's a family vacation that I want to make. Yep. Right. I I really want to do that. I think it would be f- great for my kids. And I, I like you're young, a lot a lot younger than you. But I remember like there are things that every generation. Will remember. Yeah. Right? I mean, your generation remembers the Lincoln assassination. <laughs> I remember Reagan getting shot. I do remember that. The The most iconic thing that I remember is the Challenger, explode, uh, the Challenger exploding. Right. Okay? January 27th, 1986. I Like, it's ingrained in me. Just like for my generation, it's September 11th, 2001. Right. And for my mom, it was Kennedy's. And to show you, like you, but you, I, we both know that we're both history buffs, right? Mm-hmm. I love the Civil War, mm-hmm. right? I, I love all, uh, not that it happened, but I love that that history part of it. My one of my bucket list things is Gettysburg. Mm-hmm. I want to go there one day. Mm-hmm. But anyways, we were on vacation a few years ago in South Carolina, I think, North Carolina. One of those, it was North Carolina. And we were just walking along this marina, and there was this placard that was just like standing up about four foot tall, and it was a placard that said, "Hometown of Captain John, uh, Captain Smith of the the Challenger." Well, I geeked out, right? Because right. I thought that was a big deal. Right. My kids had no idea what the Challenger was. Right. And I'm like, how do you not know that? You know, because I'm thinking to myself, when I was in school, you feel like that would have been something that would have been in the history books. Yeah. And it ain't like that anymore. Right. Right. And and that's why a trip to Washington, D.C. would be so important. Right. right. For you to be able to share that knowledge. 
Because, I mean, you had, what, 150 kids with you? 150 kids. Now, you talk about, you can't really grasp the magnitude of me talking about it, but when you get there, and Washington, D.C. is built off the sacrifice, the backs, the blood of hundreds of thousands of individuals from 1776 on. Mm -hmm. You know, the... uh, you know, we went to Arlington. I mean, the whole city is basically a giant museum. It is. We went to Arlington. Yeah. And saw the changing of the guard, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Well, you you, if, you talk about piercing you right there. If that don't give you goosies, you don't have a heart or a soul. Right. Uh, I saw JFK's Eternal Flame that uh, has actually been blown out twice. One, a storm came through, blew it out. Two, there was a nun who was going to sprinkle holy water on it. We're Catholic. We know all about the holy water, right? Mm-hmm. Fumbled the holy water container and poured the holy water on top of the eternal flame. Put it out. But aside from those two times, they're, they're the only times since he was assassinated and he was he was buried. It's It's been lit the whole time. But there is a monument there for the Challenger explosion, too. Is there really? There is. So. Wow. I did not know that. Yep. Well, before we start into Taker... Any wrestling thing you want to talk about, this is a wrestling podcast for now. Well, I mean, I won't say Raw did it, but the Marks did it again. They forced the viewership to watch all three hours of Raw Mm -hmm. waiting for Cody. For something that the WWE or Cody, neither one, have announced is happening. I mean, you... There has been zero indication that the WWE has signed Raw or I mean signed Cody other than people on Twitter and social media. Dude, it's so bad that they're all over social media now saying that Rollins, the last three weeks, his attire has been AEW colors. So that's just them teasing AEW fans that Cody's Well, coming. we look like the Riddler this past week. It's like we're looking so far into things. Well, and like he... Didn't he come out and say something about, like, you know, rumors or... or I, he said something about rumors. Well, and I've said all along, the WWE's the biggest troll ever. They are not denying the Cody things. They're playing into the Cody yeah. the Cody situation. But... Well, they've wrote Raw the last three weeks for you to think, at some point in the show, Cody is coming out to save somebody or challenge Rollins. I've I'm, said all along... We're right. I mean, we are 100% right about this. I've said all along, the earliest we would see Cody is Raw this Monday night. Yes. I'm under the impression if we're going to see Cody, we're not seeing him until WrestleMania weekend. Yes. Well, and, and I told you how I would do how I would open WrestleMania, right? They, I told you that, but we have, I haven't told right. them that. Well, and I'll let you tell that. But they have also, the WWE, being the trolls they are, have put a time slot, a FanFest time slot, for a surprise guest at 11.30 on Sunday night. They won't name who it is. That Sunday, uh, the Sunday night after WrestleMania? Yeah. That's funny. So they have a, it's either it's either Saturday or Sunday night, but they've added an 11.30 time slot at night for a, for a surprise guest. That's so funny. So, I mean, as, as the, sh- as the show went off Monday night. Yes. Rollins. Tearing stuff up. Is, is tearing stuff up, and he basically says, 
that if he doesn't have an opponent next Monday, he's going to wreck Raw. Right. He says Raw will not happen if he doesn't get his WrestleMania right. moment. And he said up until this point, what has happened has been bullcrap. Yeah. Because, and it has been written pretty good, that he technically has been getting screwed out of wins the past few weeks. Yeah. That have cost him his WrestleMania moment. Right. I told you the other day, this is the best version of Seth Rollins there ever has been. Yes. He's so good right now. A lot of people argue that, that when he was the champion, had the blonde streak in his hair, and he was really good then. He's way better now. His character has matured so much. I mean... The the line of him coming out the other night and and looking at AJ and go go home, rest up with your family and come back fully healthy after WrestleMania. Right. Let me handle Edge and finish him off for good. Right. Because he had the history with Edge. Right. Right. It's great. Right. And we talked about this the other night. I think he should open up the show Monday night. I think he, like you said, he should interfere in every match. If not every match, most matches. Just absolutely get underneath Adam Pierce's skin. And I think I think Pierce ultimately comes out and says, you're not going to be on WrestleMania. Get over it. And then that infuriates Seth Rollins to the point that he hijacks the last hour of the show. Right. And you, I mean, or it could be the last 30 minutes. And you have a main event set. He gets in the ring, wears them out with a chair, and says, I'm not leaving. And if you send somebody down, I'm busting their head with this chair. I don't care. Yeah. I'm, and finally, the show goes off the air with Adam Pierce coming out and saying, Fine. I will find you somebody at WrestleMania. Get out of my rig. Right. And then. You open up WrestleMania with Rollins coming to the ring. Where's my Where's my match? Going, where's my match? Who's my opponent? And boom! Hit that Cody music. And we're off to the races. Yep. Now, with this being said, if it's mm. Cody... Mm. You got the goosies. I got the goosies. If it's Cody, Cody has to go over. Cody doesn't lose that match. A hundred percent. I'm actually under the impression that last week I told you that... The dark horse for me is Taker. Is Taker. Either one of those options, Seth Rollins can't win. Right. The Cody match will be a lot better than the Taker match. They'll probably get seven to ten minutes out of the Taker match. Uh, if it's Taker, my hope is he comes back as the American badass. Yeah. And we get to see that version of Taker. Uh, because you and I both believe that we're going to get to see Taker at Mania. Yeah. In the ring. Yeah. So not necessarily wrestling. Not necessarily wrestling, but I think he is I, in the I ring. do think that he has something to do in the whole KO thing. So and I think the KO thing, uh, and then I'll touch back to Seth, I think the KO thing, it's gonna main event Saturday night. Instead of the women? It may go on right before him, but it's gonna be at yeah. the end of the show. Yeah. And it's going to be the KO show. It's gonna be an interview. But I told you earlier, I think the interview gets physical and they sign a match for Sunday, Austin versus KO. Yeah. So I say all that to get back to Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins, this this version of Seth Rollins is fantastic. But I think how do you continue this spiral? Because he's spiraling. You can see it. Yeah. How do you continue it? You have him lose his match. Yeah. That's how you continue it. Yeah. And then 
if it happens like I think it like I think it should, if it is Cody, Cody should get an immediate shot at the world title. He should become world champion. And then you have a built-in feud, Rollins versus Cody, because, no, 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 you took my WrestleMania moment. It wasn't supposed to be you. Right. You know, I didn't know it was going to be you. Yeah, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for you. Right. You weren't even in this company. Yeah. How can you be here? Yeah. So, I think we play that out. We can get, and then that the payoff because- there is SummerSlam. Because that's the only thing that makes sense. Right. Ta- Taker is very understandable because it's in Dallas. Yeah, but that's a one-off. It's a one-off. Right? What do you do with What do you do with Rollins after that? What well, you could do the same thing. He's still spiraling. You know, you had the Undertaker. It's not fair. You know, he's retired. Yeah, you know, all that. But it doesn't mean as much as it would say yeah. Cody. And I'm glad they finally announced that Veer is coming on April 4th because I was borderline concerned that it was going to be Veer who showed up to be Seth Rollins' opponent. Yeah. Now, they could do something wonky, and it could end up being Elias or whatever his new character is going to be when he comes back. But for them to, build, <laughs> for them to build this up the way they have, it's something big. Yeah. And the most logical option is Cody Rhodes. Yeah. And he and he one hundred percent will be called Cody Rhodes. Yeah, he's not just Cody. Right, he's Cody Rhodes. Does he like what music do you think? Is it a new song or does he use the music that he's had in AEW and I think Ring he, of Honor? I think he uses the music that he's had since he left WWE. Yeah, I don't think it's Smoke and Mirrors because he's not dashing Cody Rhodes. Right, he's coming out as the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Yeah, and I have a feeling. I got a feeling. Ooh, I that think that's gonna be a good night. I have a feeling that our show after WrestleMania, we're going to open by playing Cody Rhodes music because he will have debuted. Yeah. At this point, I know you were on the fence, thinking it was a work. At this point, if it's still a work. It is the most fabulous work in the history of pro wrestling. Yeah. And and just just the simple fact of who the who would be doing the work. Because it, it would almost be the AEW and WWE working together almost. Yeah. To work the whole professional. Uh, the whole professional wrestling community. And I just don't think that can happen. I don't think so either. And I don't think Tony Khan is smart enough to pull this kind of work. Uh, yeah, Tony Baloney. So But Well, I mean that's a long Look, what it is. Look, we said we we're gonna be different, so we're gonna talk. We're just gonna talk. We're we, just gonna we talk. talk whatever we want to talk. It's our show. Yeah. So I will close that on this wrestling opening segment. AEW's doing some good stuff right now too. I hope they can keep the momentum going, and I look forward to next week. I think next week is going to be a fantastic week of pro wrestling. I told you earlier. Eight straight days. Eight straight days. We st- well nine if you count NXT the following week. Well, if you what if you go all the way till because we have Raw, NXT, Dynamite, Impact, SmackDown, uh, Rampage, Hall of Fame, uh, WrestleMania Night One, R- Ring of Honor Supercard, uh, Stand, Stand and, and Deliver, Deliver, WrestleMania Night Two, Raw, NXT, AEW Dynamite, Impact, SmackDown. Almost two complete weeks of... Almost two complete weeks of pro wrestling. Yeah. 
We won't have anything to talk about. Nothing. There won't be a single thing for us to talk and about. And we're going to talk about baseball. That's why we're going to have to switch it up. Because, yeah. I mean, it'll be so boring. There'll they never about. wrestle anymore. They never. It's just shows. <laughs> it's like soap operas. Man soap operas. Apparently NXT was pretty good last night. I didn't watch that. Man operas. Ron Breaker's on the fast track to the main roster. Yeah. He wins the title back, but he's on the fast track. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, let's talk about The Undertaker, baby. Ow! The Undertaker. That felt right, saying that. So, like, what we really want to talk about was the streak, right? What if the streak doesn't happen? And your your point was, when did you when did they decide that it was going to be a streak? Right. I mean, you have to figure that they're close to seven, eight, nine range before they make that assumption. You would think so. I mean. His first few matches though weren't were really kind of lackluster, right? I mean, they didn't they wouldn't major opponents. No, I mean, I'm, I I pulled it up here. First match was against Jimmy Snuka. Yeah. Second match was against Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, his third match, which coincidentally enough is the one that draws the most criticism, because he didn't technically win. It was a disqualification. He beat Giant Gonzalez. Oh, man. I saw something on that the other day. Um, Bruce, uh, on the Bruce Pritchard, I, that ads-free thing, uh-huh. they do, they're on TikTok, right? And they'll do these little clips of all these shows and stuff. Right. And, like, take her to this day, will look at Bruce Pritchard and say, you still put me in that match with... Gonzalez, because Gonzalez couldn't wrestle. No, right, and I mean, it was a horrible match, and it was just a Taker tried to get do all he could do to get through it, but I didn't realize it was a disqualification. Yes, that's how Taker won was via disqualification. So he got himself to oh Gonzalez dis- got disqualified. Yeah. The match four. King Kong Bundy. We're not talking about five count King Kong Bundy that that main event at WrestleMania two with Hulk Hogan. Okay, we're talking about end of the road King Kong Bundy. Yeah. So his first four matches, the longest match was his disqualification against Giant Gonzalez. It went seven and a half minutes. Yeah. Then it picks up a little bit. Diesel, Psycho Sid, Kane. Next three WrestleManias. There you go, 16 and almost 17, uh, 21 and a half minutes, and 17 minutes. So, I mean. So, he's hit his stride at this point. Yes. Well, then what do they do? Follow that up with the big boss man. Mm. Yeah. And that was the heel big boss man, right? Yeah, that's the big. And that was also a hell in the cell match. Yeah. Uh, then we got Triple H, the first match with Triple H. Then we go Ric Flair. And then it falls down again. A train and Big Show. Okay, so before you go too much further, okay, we were, the whole point we was talking about is when did it become a streak, right? So the first four were gimme matches. He wasn't losing any of them. Gimme matches, right? I and think then, once it hits ten, and and who was ten? Ric Flair. 
So at that point, he had beat Diesel, Psycho Sid, Kane, Triple H, and Ric Flair in 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 five of his last Wrestle five of his six WrestleMania matches. Without knowing the history of it, how many matches had he fought with Kane at this point? Um, it was ninety eight. So Kane had probably Kane probably debuted the end of ninety seven. Uh, let's see how accurate I am on that. When did when did Kane debut in the WWF? Um, in April of ninety seven. So a year later. So it was still technically it's still in his initial feud. That was probably yeah. the payoff. Uh, yeah, yeah, it probably was. So one could argue that it at one could argue that when he hit because that was seven and zero. Oh. Yeah. When he hit seven and zero oh against Kane. That, that that's when it was a streak. Because think about it, he hit he does Triple H after that. He does Ric Flair after that. Okay, Ric Flair would have been number eight. Ric Ric Flair was ten. He did Bossman after Kane. Okay, so that's that's eight, and then Triple H was nine. Yeah, and then Flair was ten. I, so I, I think, think the streak started at ten. I, I, that nine or ten, somewhere in that. that because range. I mean, because at that point, because Triple H was hot at that point. You'd taken the world title off Diesel. You'd beaten a legitimate big man in Psycho Sid. You had a year-long payoff with his half-brother Kane. You beat Triple H, who's one of the greatest world champions of all time. And you beat Ric Flair, who is the greatest world champion of all time. So, I think at, I think at Ric Flair, then it's a streak. So, we follow up Ric Flair with a handicap match. He beats A-Train and Big Show. He has his second match against Kane. Then he beats Randy Orton, Mark Henry, and then Batista. So those are his next five opponents. It's full-fledged streak at this point. Yeah, I mean, and really, to be honest with you, you can read read into most of those opponents and understand why he's still winning them. You know, I mean, he's taker. So it's funny. Uh, a, a side note is uh, his Rick, his match against Ric Flair was no DQ. I told you about the two-on-one handicap match with A-Train and Big Show. Uh, Kane had no stipulation with it, but it was a short match. It only went a little over seven minutes. 2005 is the first time that he was challenged that explicitly talked about the streak being ended. So Randy Orton... Challenged him talking about ending the streak. That's when he was the uh, legend killer, right? Yes. So WWE considers the streak starting at twelve and zero. Well, that is the answer to the question, then probably. But I mean, that's when they first started bringing attention to it, right? But you have to take into consideration it. It was more along the lines of, you know, Triple H, Ric Flair, because I mean, it's Ric Flair. I mean, it's Ric Flair. Yeah. Even though he was the older version of Ric Flair, it's still Ric Flair. And you're beating Ric Flair at WrestleMania? Right. You know. So, you know, those matches, all really good. Uh, you know, I mean, it was a casket match against Mark Henry. Uh, in back-to-back manias, 07 and 08, he challenged for the World Heavyweight Championship, beat Batista, uh, and then uh, s- submitted Edge at WrestleMania in two- 2008. Um, and then we get his... Uh, 
back to backs with Shawn Michaels and then Triple H, some of the greatest matches of all time. Right. Uh, and then his final win in the streak was CM Punk. But from 16 and 0 through 21 and 0, that's six matches, he didn't have a match less than 22 minutes. He went 30 minutes in three of the three of the six matches. And two of them were with Shawn Michaels, I'd say. Two of them were with Triple H. He went he went 30 minutes the first time against Shawn Michaels, 24 minutes the second time, 29 and a half the first time with Triple H, and almost 31 the second time with Triple H. Like that was four consecutive matches right there, right? Um yeah. Yeah. Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Triple H. Yeah. And that's when he's just a part-time wrestler at this point. Yeah. He's not wrestling full-time anymore. Right. And then we go 21-0. And then, of course, we um, – this, this is on Wikipedia. Wikipedia says the beginning of the streak 4-0. So, they have the major feud section coming next. That's Diesel – all the way to boss man. So I would guess his streak probably became a thing after beating boss man. Eight and oh. Yeah. So then the unthinkable happens. At this point it's twenty one and oh. You don't think he's losing. Right. And from the way they've talked about it, there were only just a few people that knew that he was losing to Lesnar. I mean, even Paul Heyman didn't know. He says he didn't know. I think, here's who I think was in on it. I think Taker was in on it. Vince was in on it. Probably Triple H. Because Triple H had power backstage. Brock and Paul Heyman. I think five people knew about this. Yeah. You can tell the announcers didn't know. You can tell the referee didn't know. Because the referee, you could you can go back and watch. I want to say it was Mike Kyoto. He wanted to tuck that arm on three. He's counting and like you can almost even see like a do I need to, do I need to tuck this arm? Yeah. And he didn't cuz that's what referees are taught to do. If you remember our interview with Pondwater Dave, he did not do that. And he counts three, and you can hear a pin drop. Yeah, for for sure. And, I mean, the crowd was stunned. Well, you can see the guy yeah. bug-eyed, like, yeah. what just happened? Yeah. Now, Paul Heyman has done a shoot interview before. And his view on it, because he's the ultimate heel, he says, how can you be sure that was the plan? Maybe Brock Lesnar decided that's what Brock Lesnar wanted to do. Because it's well documented, The Undertaker got a severe concussion after about the second German suplex. That was when he was in suplex city mode, right? Yeah. So, Paul Heyman's shoot interview he's done is, maybe that wasn't the plan. Maybe Brock Lesnar decided that's what he wanted to do, so he drops The Undertaker on his head gives him a concussion, does whatever he wants to, and ends up, and he takes the streak is the way that Paul Heyman has spun it in, in interviews. Maybe it wasn't Undertaker losing the streak as much as it was Brock Lesnar taking the streak. That's why Paul Heyman is so good. He's so, because you just 
don't know. Well, and that's just as much. There's it's just, just like we talked about last week's show. If Andre didn't want Hulk to win, yeah. Hulk wouldn't have won. Right. If Brock Lesnar wants to do something, Brock Lesnar does it. Case in point, the match against Roman a couple of years ago when he just straight up busted him open. Be- took took the gloves off and busted him open. Because Roman kept kicking out of the F5. Do you remember that? Yeah. Or the time he busted Randy open, Randy Orton open. Blood is frowned upon in the current WWE. But if Brock wants you to bleed, you're going to bleed. So are you are you saying that you think he busted Roman open because Roman was killing his F5? I think 100% he busted Roman open because Roman was killing his Was that F5. not the plan for him to kick out all those times? I don't think so. Like, you go back and watch the way that match transpired – it's a typical Brock match. Brock started out on hot. hot. The up-and-coming Roman Reigns never gave up. And, uh, you know, he kind of got people on his side. Go back and watch how many times he F5'd him. He F5'd him. It was like five. It Nobody was kicking out of it at that point. Yeah. And, or, I mean, the time that he, he literally kneed Braun Strowman in the head and told him to slow down. You can go back and watch. It was a triple threat with him, Strowman, and Joe. And he knees him in the head and says, slow down. It's audible. Like, you can hear yeah. him say it. Yeah. Brock does what he wants to do. And and nobody backstage is going to say anything to him. Right. I mean, we've talked about it many times. Uh-huh. Brock is really good. He's really good. And I, he understands the business. He does. And that makes a ton of sense. I don't know if it's true or not. I don't know if it's true either. But, but it, it makes a ton of sense. That if he did make Roman bleed for, you know, because we talked about it, it just happened uh, on AEW when uh, CM Punk tried to go to sleep. Was it, Who was it that, that you said it killed the, the go to sleep? Tully Blanchard. Yeah, Tully. I mean, you keep kicking out of my F5. My F5 is never going to be valuable anymore. Right. You know, it's called a finisher for a reason. We've, and and as a sport, professional wrestling has got away from that. Before, we talked about how kooky the leg drop was as a finisher. Yeah. When Hogan hit the leg drop. It was over. It was over. And if you kicked out of one, you weren't kicking out of two. Right. When Shawn Michaels hits you with the sweet chin music, it's done. Yeah. Whenever wrestlers kick out of the finishers, or they have to repeatedly use their finisher, it makes it less effective. Right. Totally not selling the go to sleep effectively killed. I mean, I think I I think he maybe dropped to one knee. How can I believe as a fan that if the go to sleep didn't put Tully Blanchard down, even though he's part of the greatest faction, my hand's cramping. Okay, my hand is cramping. But how can I believe that the go to sleep is going to put down Hangman Page if it doesn't even put down Totally Blanchard. Right. So, Roman kicking out of five F5s or whatever it was, frankly, it, it angered Brock to the point that I'm sure as he bust him open, he said, stop kicking out. Yeah. Yeah. And and he probably didn't have to say it. Roman got the hint whenever he busted him open. Yeah. Stop yeah. kicking out. Yeah. Yeah. There's just enough. We know just enough about Brock Lesnar and the way he operates that Paul Heyman shoot interview, while probably is false, it could be believed. 
it could be believable, especially if he felt like he was going to be the guy to do it. And now, if Taker doesn't have the concussion, you can't sell that interview. You can't. Because Taker, you know. Take, yeah. Taker would not have given up. Right. You'd have had to choke him out. Yeah. So, but he got a, he got a concussion on the second German but suplex. One would, one would assume with Taker being in the position that Taker was. Right. Because Taker was boss after Andre. He was. Right? He is the I guy. Mean, yeah. I mean, like Taker was the judge. Right. right? Taker is the one that chose Brock Lesnar to take his streak. Yeah. Or allowed him to, or said, hey, this is probably a good spot for my streak to go. Right. You know? Now, and, and I agree. And I don't think Vince would have asked him. There's people that are... On the fence about his streak, okay? I'm a believer, if you look at it as a sport, every record is meant to be broken, right? Why, would it have been cool for the Undertaker streak to go undefeated? Yeah, it had been cool. But with him wrestling at the age that he was getting, it wasn't believable anymore. Yeah. The problem comes for me was that he didn't retire after the streak ended. I think he should have left. Yeah. Because he loses the next match Yeah, to Roman Reigns. And then he wins two matches after that. He beats Bray Wyatt and, and then he, Shane McMahon. Uh, and then he beat um, AJ. So I guess he ended up 24-2. and two It wasn't It wasn't back-to-back. No, because he skipped a year. Because he like yeah, but I mean like he he had he had victories over Bray and uh, Shane before he lost to Roman and then beat. Uh, I I actually think it went lost to Brock, beat Bray, lost to Roman, beat Shane. Maybe that's what it was, and, and then and, and then, then beat, beat AJ. AJ. But there was a year in between. Well, then the John Cena fiasco's in there, but I don't even know if they count that as a match. Yeah, well, I mean, but he uh, he, he did win, so. I guess he's like 25 and 2 now. Yeah. But I believe and I'm under the belief that it ca- it became a streak when it hit double digits. You beat Triple H and Ric Flair in back-to-back WrestleManias when Triple H is in his prime, Ric Flair's still pretty dang good in the ring. Then it becomes a streak. So when it hits double digits, it's 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 then a streak. And I also believe that he should have stopped after 21 and 1. If you're going to end it it needs to be over. Like, that needs yeah. to be done. Yeah. But, you know, it's kind of one of those things, though. I think he wanted it to be done a lot sooner, and Vince just wouldn't let him. I, I need I, well, need I need you for this mania. During his last ride segment that was on, his wife said, my fear is anytime Vince tells Taker that he needs him, Taker's going to show up. Yeah. Yep, you're right. And just based on the fact that he's getting uh, the Hall of Fame this year, pretty well indicates he's going to be on the show. Well, yeah, we know he's definitely going to be on the show. But Taker is going to be one of those guys that's going to Vince is going to call on. And 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 I one hundred Taker is so loyal to Vince because Taker's nothing without Vince. The character's not anything without Mark Calloway playing it. Mm-hmm. But it's it was Vince's idea. And 
Taker is so loyal to Vince. He stuck through him with him through some very lean times. That Taker feels like he owes Vince anytime Vince needs him. Taker's going to be there. Yeah. I hope that's not in the ring because I don't want. I, I want to remember the bad man himself, the Undertaker. Yeah. I don't want to remember broken down Undertaker in the ring. Right. His send off with AJ, the somatic, you know, the cinematic match perfect. was perfect. Yeah. AJ was the perfect opponent. I want it to be. I want it to be done. Like I, he can come down and choke slam somebody occasionally. You know, hearing the gong still going to be cool. I don't want to see him wrestle a full match. Nope, I agree. I agree. So, we think the streak became a streak at when it hit double digits. And I think if they were going to end the streak. And I think it should have ended. I think you know, I said that earlier that all records are meant to be broken. When they ended the streak, I think they should have. He should have been done. Yeah, that's probably that. I mean that that, that I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that at all. Well, nice little hodgepodge of shows. Yeah. So next next week will be our WrestleMania Super Show. And uh, and then we roll into the new format. Yep. I mean, next week we'll have the new format because we're going to incorporate right. our Rushmore into it. Right. But we do that with every one of our super shows. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I thought it was a, a jam-packed show. Jam-packed, We man. talked about all kinds of stuff. We were all over the place. And that's just something you got to get used to because if you've ever held a conversation with me in particular, I'm all over the place anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like, well, not to change the subject, but I'm changing the subject. Right. So you're you're very good at that. Well, uh, thank you. Yeah. So different. All right, guys. Well, another great show. Uh, we'll we'll see you next week. WrestleMania week, baby. Stay safe, friends. See ya. That wraps up today's episode. We want to say thanks to all of our listeners. Without you, none of this is possible. If you haven't had a chance yet, please go out and leave us a five-star review on your favorite platform. Make sure to check us out on Facebook, at From Corner to Corner, on Twitter, at Corner to Corner PC, and on TikTok, at From Corner to Corner. You can always reach us on Facebook or on email, corner to corner PC at gmail.com. We love you all, and we'll see you next time.